I'm glad I'm living in the time that I'm living in. I used to envy the apostles, but no more. I realized he kept the best for the last. I said, God kept the best for the last. And I'm about to tell you how good God is. Praise ye the Lord. I take my calling and my place very seriously. I realize if I was in the Old Testament, I couldn't be in the position I'm in today. Praise ye the Lord. But because Jesus Christ has given us a New Testament ministry, I can be a part of this thing. And I'm glad I'm a part of it. It's a joyful place to be in. Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. Full of bones. And caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, they were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. He said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? In other words, can they survive? And I answered, O Lord, thou knowest. He said unto me, He's going to take a prophecy and make him live. Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye bones, dry bones, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Then said the Lord unto these bones, Behold, I'll cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinew upon you, and will bring you up flesh upon you, and cover your, you with skin, with breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesy as I was commanded. As I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together to his bone, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinew and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. The last of the verses here, if you look in the book of Ezekiel 37, Verse 25. In fact, let's go back one few verses up. He said to uh, verse 16, Moreover, the Son of Man, take thee one stick and write upon it for Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions. Then take another stick and write upon it for it's Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, for all the bones mm-hmm, of the house of Israel his companion, and join them one to another, him into one stick, they shall become one in my hand. One in my hand. Verse 21. And say unto them, Thus said the Lord God, Behold, I will take children of Israel from among the heathens, whither they have gone, and will gather them on every side, and bring them to their homeland. What does God call Canada? A bunch of heathens. What do you call the rest of the world? A bunch of what? Heathens. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountain of Israel. And one king shall be to them all. They shall be no more two nations. Neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms anymore. The boss is speaking. Now shall they defile themselves any more with their idols, 
nor with their detestable things, nor any of their transgression, but I'll save them out of all their dwelling places, wherein they have sinned, and will cleanse them, so shall they be my people, and I'll be their God. And David my servant shall be king over them, and they all shall have one shepherd. And they shall also walk in my judgments, and observe my statutes, and do them. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given unto Jacob my servant, which is the land of Israel, or Palestine, Jerusalem, wherein your fathers have dwelt, and they shall dwell therein, even they and their children, and their children's children, forever. How long? Forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. How long? How long? Forever. Moreover, I will make a covenant with, of peace with them. A what? A covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will dwell with them and multiply them. Do what? And I'll set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. In other words, I'll set my temple in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God. They shall be my people. And the heathen shall know that I, the Lord God, do sanctify Israel. The word sanctify means set apart for special treatment. When my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. What it says? When my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about the future of Russia and Ishmael. The future of Russia and Ishmael. I, Trevor Neal, am going to tell you that those two entities will never be a world power. I said, clap your hand. That should make you sad. I said, they will never be a world power. The only world power God recognizes is the one in Daniel chapter 2. Had a gold chest of silver, belly of brass, then there's iron and iron and clay. That's the only kingdom God will ever recognize as a world power. Everything else, a regional power, but never global power. I read to you Ezekiel 37. I'm going to surprise you and tell you Adolf Hitler fulfilled Ezekiel 37. Adolf Hitler put Israel into chambers and produced bones, dry bones. They couldn't bear them into a grave. They had to build trenches for the bodies of dry bones that were scorched in furnaces and ovens, and they perished. It looked like the nation of Israel was wiped out by genocide and the ethnic cleansing of Nazi fascism. 
around the world, every country, including Canada, Europeans, North Americans, Africans, were anti-Semitics. And nobody would give them a home except the furnaces. That's where their bodies were. That's where their body ended up. And there were bones. It looked like Israel would cease to be a nation. It seemed exactly as it was in the days of old Agag. Amen. When he tried to destroy the people, amen, through a wicked man called Haman. He made a decree to the Persian king. They should wipe out all the Israelites. Thank God for Esther. She rose to the occasion, called the latest fast, meaning, prayed, and God reversed that. But several attempts were made. But this scripture was fulfilled in 1940s when they put them in the gas chamber. And they burnt them. At that time, Israel was not a nation. Israel was a scattered people around the entire world among every nation, kindred, and tongues. And they were not allowed to go back into Jerusalem or Palestine or Israel. They could not go there because they were kicked out twice by the Romans and finally by Emperor Adrian said, and told them if they come back, you would be crucified immediately on the spot. They could not go back there. They rebuilt a temple called Capitoline, which was a, a, a Roman temple that superimposed on the ruin of the temple that Jesus prophesied against. And dispersed around the world was and were the people of God. Zionism was there, and Israel rejected it and said, we don't need Zionism. They said, look, uh, the motherland would be uh, Germany. And that's where they prospered until God raised up this man called Hitler to give Israel a reason to want to go home. After World War II, Israel was glad to go home. They were glad to leave every country around the world and, if possible, make it back to their homeland. That's when God fulfilled the scripture that said he would take two sticks and put them together and those two sticks would become one miraculously in his hand, meaning the northern and the southern tribe of Israel from way back here, amen, would become one nation again. Because under a man called Rehoboam and Jeroboam, Israel became two distinct nations. The northern tribe had ten, ten sons of Jacob, amen, and the southern had only two. And then they were always warring faction until 721 B.C. The Assyrian, which is today Syria, went in and captured the ten tribes and banished them around the world and took away their country and their land in Samaria. And then later on, in the year 606 B.C., before Christ, the southern tribe went into captivity because Iraq captured Jerusalem and the Nebuchadnezzar and chased out all the Israelites and banished them for 70 years. And so this scripture didn't look like it's going to be fulfilled. But Ezekiel, God, told him it's going to happen. Now God does not send amen judgment without mercy. He never does. You always have mercy at the end of every judgment. And he told Israel, 
You will come back, but not this immediate group. Your children, children, I'm going to bring you back to this land, and you're going to live right here. In fact, there's a prophecy with Jeremiah. He told him to buy some property when he was in prison. And he said, God, don't mock me. He said, I'm telling you, there's coming a day where you're going to rebuy back this land. We're going to redeem it. And children and old men and young men are going to live in this land. It did not seem possible. You see, when God makes your promises, it's usually in an environment of chaos. An environment of problems. A situation that doesn't look genuine and that could happen. And that's when faith must not be thrown overboard. That's when you must believe in things not yet seen because God speaks of things which are not yet as though they are. And so it happened that they sinned against God and God threw them out. God said, you sin against me? This is my land. Out. You know when they went out? You know what the Gentiles did? The Gentiles migrated some heathens and put them in the land of Israel. Put it where the ten tribes were and the two tribes. And so by the years, by 70 years, you know what happened? Children of heathens are born in their homeland. Israel longed to come back, could not come back, until the end of 70 years. Amen. God brought down Iraq to her knees and used the Medes and the Persians to bring Israel back to their homeland. Are you with me? And when they came back, they were there for a time. Now, I don't know if you guys are trying to prophecy or not, but go to Daniel chapter 9. When you have time, read it. And read from verse 23 to 27. And God, God answered Daniel when he was praying for God. He said, God, what's going to happen to my country and to my nation? Because he saw three kings reign before he died. He prayed and God gave him a prophecy and a dream. That 70 weeks are on the nation of Israel. Listen now. Upon their country, upon their land, upon their worship, etc., etc. It's in that chapter. And then God gave and, and triad. It says seven years, certain th- seven weeks. This is going to happen. Then six or two weeks later, this is going to happen. Then the Messiah will be cut off. When the Messiah cut off, it will not be for himself. But in the last week, a fierce king would come and would pass havoc on the nation of Israel. And then God going to show up. Now. Tonight, I want to talk to you about that little space of gap between the sixth and ninth week when Christ died on the cross. Oh, she got my stick here. Help me, somebody. Give me a stick here that I used to point with. When Christ died on the cross, hello, until Christ come back. Now, you better think it means a lot, but I'm telling you, North America got to wake up. She's sleeping, she's, she's drunk in prosperity. But the world is in trouble right now. And so God told, told these guys when they came back that they would come back into their homeland. And after they come back, there's a, a prophecy right here that 70 weeks is prophesied from 445 B.C. all the way up to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and dying would be uh, six to nine weeks. Now, that's six to nine weeks, okay, is going to see the fulfillment Afterwards, afterwards, Ezekiel 37. Read it one more time and realize what God says he did in that chapter. I restored Israel back to one unified kingdom. 
but not before they have become a graveyard people. I'm going to raise them up by my prophetic word. Out of their grave had the bones will become a mighty army. But they have no spirit in them. And God said they're going to have one king and they'll become a nation forever. And they're going to go back to their homeland and dwell and live there. Let me tell you, the people who heard that prophecy did not believe it. Situation did not encourage it. It looked far-fetched. But you and I are living example of seeing it fulfilled before our very eyes that it did happen that Israel became a valley full of bones. Go to Germany and go over there. You'll see the valleys over there. And that's when they thought, could they ever live again? They're around the world hated and was going to be wiped off the scene. And there are many other efforts to destroy them. But God said, it become one stick in my hand. When? Somewhere within here. Well, in 1948, Israel became one stick in the hands of God. Not two stick. Ephraim and Judah joined together as one nation. And now only one king over them. Now God called their prime minister king. But he said over them will be David. Now it doesn't mean Jesse's son David. It means Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the son of David. Of the fruit of thy body will I sit upon thy throne. He's the what? The root and the offspring of David. And so God called Jesus David. You understand that? Now, and so Jesus Christ is going to reign. In fact, he's reigning right now over Israel. And she doesn't even know it. But he will make it visible one day. Now, and so that valley of dry bone was fulfilled. Holocaust actually means, listen now, sacrifice. The same way how the blood of Abel cried to God after being murdered by Cain, the blood of the deceased cried to God for revenge. And God have a different plan. Not coming to destroy the world, but so I'm going to raise you up as a nation. And God touched the heart of the United Nation in Britain, amen, to give Israel back the homeland, Palestine. Hello? Why? Because God said it. I will bring you back into your homeland. Now, this should not puzzle us and surprise us because if you read Genesis, before Joseph died, he made a prophecy. He said, God will visit you and raise up a Savior. Didn't call him by name Moses. He said, God will bring you back to your place of belonging. And he died and said, don't leave my bones here. When Moses was born, he was to be that Savior. Everything happened to stop it from happening, but God made it happen. At the same time, just like God raised up Hitler, God raised up a Pharaoh. And God made that Pharaoh so strong and so powerful, and he was afraid of the prosperity of Israel, he said, let's kill them all. Read it for yourself. Exodus chapter 1. So let's kill them all. 
And God said, you're not going to know it. But God was going to use the hatred of Pharaoh to make Israel want to leave Egypt and go to the promised land that he made to Abraham. He told Abraham, after 400 years, your people are going to leave that land of the Hamorites and go right back to Ur of the Chaldees, I mean, I mean the, to the promised land rather, and they're going to live there. God arranged circumstance in your life. You may think you have a problem right now, but God is using that problem to draw you closer to Him. And if you are used to that problem, it can turn things around in a positive way if you have a positive mental attitude. Because your problem will give you possibilities. And your trials can become triumph. And God can make a way when there was no way. And God can speak to your valley of dry bones and make you become a living person. That's the kind of God we serve. Can you say amen somebody? Can you clap your hands? Don't underestimate your problem. It's a possibility of profit. God knows how to get you where he wants you. And Pharaoh came up with a wicked idea. Let's kill all the male child. Let's destroy them. But that's how God got Israel to want to leave Egypt. And the Holocaust is what made Israel want to go to the promised land. And Dosland was not the homeland. Amen. Jerusalem was the homeland. But the problem is somebody else is there. Now the Bible is known that he would plant them in their homeland. You have seen the planting. Ezekiel 37 said, They would dwell safely. Amen. They would what? Dwell safely. I want you to look. At the, at the book of Ezekiel 36, please, church, look at verse, amen, 36 to 38, and you see, I'm not telling you a lie. God promised Israel, I'm going to cleanse the land of the heathens, in verse 33 to 38, and become like the Garden of Eden. That wasteland. We went to Jerusalem, and while we traveled from Jordan to Jerusalem, I said to the, 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 this guy, hey, to this Jewish guy who was giving us the, the tour, I said, just a minute, is this Judah? He says, yeah. I said, what's all this sand doing here? I said, where's the promised land? Where's the milk and honey flowing? He said, well, the Bedouin did it. I said, no, I don't believe that Bedouin can't do that much damage. He said, could it be that something else happened? He didn't want to admit that God put a curse on the land. I mean, God can curse the land and God can bless the land. But God made a promise that when, I, when I'm in control, nothing dies around here. When I'm in charge, it will flow like a milk and honey. I want to tell you, God, when God have you in the palm of your hand, He can take care of you like you take care of this whole world. And so I said, what happened here? Did you want to admit it? <laughs> but they messed up and God backed out on, on them and they were in trouble. Well, look what God said about Jerusalem. Verse 37 and 38. Look what Jerusalem would become. Now, I've been to Jerusalem. There's old Jerusalem and new Jerusalem. Old Jerusalem is the old ruin of the past. New Jerusalem, friend, it looked like the garden of what? Healing. It is beautiful, fruitful, well replenished, 
Water in abundance, everything in abundance, every Arab wants it. <laughs> every Arab wants it. It remember that movie I, I saw, Gold Finger, everything they touch turned gold. Well, everything God touched does, does, does blossom and flourish. It makes the heathen wants it. God says, when I bring you back, I'm not bringing you back to famine, I'm bringing you back to plenty. It won't be empty. It could be plenty. And there'll be children, children, children there. And the flock of sheep and the goats and gold and diamond and, and, and oil, etc. are going to be there because God can plant it right there. Now, folks, after 1948, you saw what happened. I showed you last Friday. Get the film. Look at it. If I go through that, we won't go to my, my study today. Something happened. Now, you can't find on this chart here Russia anywhere. You can't find it. I can find Iraq. I can find Iran, Greece, Rome. But somewhere, Russia is not mentioned as a world power. It's just not there. So why is everybody all caught up with ISIS in Russia? Are they really to be feared? God said, uh-uh. They're like grasshoppers to me. They're like mosquitoes. God said, I can snap them out. They're gone. I'm going to fly swatter. They're gone. It won't be a nuclear weapon that put them out. It was the finger of God. And they're gone. Bing! They're gone. God said, I'll do that. Now, when you read chapter 37, we know Israel is one nation. We know majority of them in the promised land. We know the land is restored to its superabundance in many things that make it become the envy of the surrounding nations. We know that everything God says is just about fulfilled. He has not yet made the covenant with them except on the day of Pentecost. And by the way, the day of Pentecost was the fulfillment of verse 26. Verse 26 simply means, a new spirit will I put in you, and a new heart will I give you, and I'll take away your stony heart, and I'll write my laws upon your heart, and I will circumcise you without hands. That's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. On the day of Pentecost, that's exactly what happened. God fulfilled with 120 people. You say, why 120? I'll tell you why. When Solomon built his temple, how many priests were there? 120 priests. How were they dressed? In full white. And the Bible said, while they were singing and worshiping God, the Spirit of God came down and filled that place that no man could minister. So, Pentecost was the fulfillment of the covenant. But Israel rejected it. God said, I'll be your king. They said, we don't want him to be our king. Jesus is our king. Church, don't let peer pressure make you choose the wrong thing. Israel make a sword mistake. Give us a king like other nations. That's peer pressure. When God was their king. Let me tell you. Democracy is not of God. The church cannot operate on democracy. That is demonism. Based on Greek mythology. 
the Macritus. The church cannot operate on dictatorship. That's how the Middle East is run. By dictatorship. That's how it runs. That's how the Antichrist will operate. But when the church is in covenant with God in divine order, it will operate in theocracy. That is God reigning through a man. And that man is Christ Jesus. There's one man between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That is theocracy. That's not democracy. That's not autocracy. That's theocracy. Can you clap your hand right now? You got to know the difference, church. The world don't need democracy. They need theocracy. Now, I know everybody's worshiping democracy. It doesn't work. It never will work. It means the people's rule. And God says, I am the head. You're not the head. Hello? And, and dictatorship and autocracy is when a man reigns and not God reigns. But when God reigns, Jesus Christ says, I do only that which my Father allows me to do. Now, folks, we can see that the sanctuary, verse 28, is not yet built. Now, the Jews want a physical sanctuary but we know our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And God dwell not in temple made with man hands. That's why we don't need to build a multi-million dollar building because God's not impressed by the size and the color of the building. He's more impressed by the people in the building. It's the people that he wants to dwell in. I will dwell in you and I will speak with you. I'll put my seal on you. I'm taking the church. It's not the building that makes the church. It's the people. It's flesh and blood. That's what God's church is. So I'm not them. I know what the church is. It's the people. This is just a habitation for us to worship God. But this is nothing to God. You're everything. Let's clap into Jesus. Now, church, gods, there are many. Hello? Hello? I'm going to show you something you, know, you need to pay attention to. Jeroboam did this. Jeroboam is an Ephraimite. David is from Judah. Joseph married an Egyptian. Egyptians worship golden calves. To an Egyptian, a shepherd or a pastor is an abomination to them. You folks, are, you're missing out, man. This is not preaching, this is teaching. You build a church on teaching, not preaching. Preaching is fishing with dynamite. But teaching is with a hook. Hallelujah. Hook those who are intelligent. You don't have to grab it. Do you hear me? And so, what did what did Aaron says? The golden calf. Behold your God. He was going back to an Egyptian mother God. And God was angry. Three thousand got killed. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 got saved when they worshiped the true God. Hello? When they worshiped the calf God, 3,000 got killed. Those numbers mean something. 
It means heaven, church. Listen to me. And so what happened here, we see Jeroboam put in Samaria, right in the Middle East, amen, north of Jerusalem. He put there a golden calf. And said, so that's your God. It's too far to go to Jerusalem. And it cost Israel her kingdom. It split the country and split their faith. And that's where they end up. And we're seeing today the same thing happening to our world. There is the gods of this world and the God of heaven. Have you ever noticed the Mormons, the Adventists, and Islam have the same kind of origin? An angel came to them. The Apostle Paul, in his writing, cautioned us. Though we, Apostle Paul, are an angel, come from heaven, and preach any other, any other, any, come on church, act like apostolic, any other, any other, any other, let him be a curse. Why don't you start cursing them right now by praising God? Come on, beloved. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Paul didn't meet an angel on Damascus journey. He met Almighty God. He said, who are thou, Adonai? He said, I am that I am Jesus. Well, hallelujah. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He's still Lord over all. I'm trying to tell somebody there is no other God. He is the first, and he is the last, and beside him there's none. But the world don't know it. And there's coming a day when God's going to show it. Now, here's where God's going to show it. Ezekiel 39. Everybody is afraid of the modern day Pharaoh. Hello? Everybody's afraid of Pharaoh. Why? You know why? Because they don't know their God. But the people who know their God are going to be strong. Let's turn to Ezekiel 38. We're going to go there. Now, folks, we're going to Bible school this time. And if you don't mind, I hope it's not a crime to read the Word of God. I hope it's not a crime to take time and read through it. I don't want to tell you what it says. We're going to read what it says. Open your Bible as you open your heart. And the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, set thy, this is 5th century B.C. before Christ was born. Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And I'm telling you, Gog is the prince. The land is called Magog. And Magog goes far back to the wall of China. <coughs> the great wall of China is also called the gate of Magog. Magog is not just one place. Magog is an entire land mass in the north. <coughs> where the Mon Mongolians are, the Huns, and the Sictians are. And the Slavic people. Mesek means Moscow. And Tuba means Tobolsky. 
He said, I prophesy against him. Not his land, against him. Because he is the leader of that pack. And say, thus said the Lord God. That means it is sealed. When God says, thus said the Lord. Behold, or I could say, just say Yahweh. <laughs> or thus say El Shaddai. Same thing. Better said Jesus. That says it all. Thus said the Lord God. Behold, I'm against thee, O Gog. And I believe Gog today is going to be Mr. Putin. You say, I don't believe it. Hang around. He's just as young as I am. He's old enough to last seven more years. For this cause have I raised thee up. And for this purpose have I restored and kept thee. God, restore people for purpose. Thus the Lord God, I'm against you, O Gog, the chief prince of Moscow and Tobolsky, and I will turn thee back and put a hook into thy jaws like a fish. And I'll bring thee forth in all thy army, not some, all that army, horses. What David says, some trust in horses and some trust in chariots, but I will dwell in the what? Which country on earth have the most horses today? Russia. Horses and horsemen. Who are the Cossacks today? Hello? All of them clothed with all sorts of armor. Even a great company with bucklers and shields. All of them handling swords. Mmm. He said, in this modern time, why will they do it? I'm going to tell you why in a minute. Because, you see, radar can't pick that up. Radar in Afghanistan, amen, they can't fight the wars and win the war in Afghanistan because it's mountainous. You can't put your, your chariots over there. You've got to get down and put foot soldiers down there and that's where booby traps are. You're fighting men in their stronghold. He said, I'm going to bring you down with you all your mighty army handling swords. Now, church, these are Islamic nations he's talking to. Persia, which is Iran. Ethiopia. Libya. With them all. Of them with shield and helmet. I want to ask you, do these countries exist? Are these countries at war in the news right now? And who are they fighting against? Who are their enemy? Israel? The West? Christians? The name of Jesus? You call him God and they say you're, you're a heretic, an infidel? You do the infidel? Cut their heads off. Cut their hands off. Hang them by their neck and crucify them. It says here, handling swords and shield and helmets, Gomer, wow, and all his bands and Togamath and the north quarters and all his bands with people with thee. Every one of those nations are in the news right now and they have one goal in mind to obliterate Ezekiel 37. I don't believe that, Pastor Neil. That's your problem. Well, I'm going to tell you, in 1917, when the Ottoman Empire decided to blow up the Eastern Gate, that prophecy would not be fulfilled, which says that gate will stay sealed until Messiah comes through it. They're about to blow it up and God raise up a, guess what? An English general 
who came from the same direction that Jonathan did and defeated the Ottoman Empire and stopped them from blowing that gate up. You go to Jerusalem today and the gate is still closed. Sister Eileen, you got a picture of Jordan in her in her back room here. I wish you had some of those pictures on the wall to show people that we did go there and we were there and we know what we're talking about. Listen to me, church. Where are people today? He said, God said, Be thou prepared. Prepare, verse 7. Prepare thyself and all thy company. Thou art assembled thee and be a guard to the Lord. Take the leadership. What is the West saying to America? Take the leadership and do what? And face the Russians. Take the leadership and face Al-Qaeda. Al -Qaeda. Take the leadership and face Afghanistan. But America is so gun shy she's afraid to do it and so nobody wants to do it and the doctrine of peaceism is taking place exactly what happened to Chamberlain when World War II got off and the start. Could you see church? God has a plan. America can't save the world. There's a God man that will in his time. Can you clap your hands? I'm telling you, there's going to be an Islamic invasion of the nation of Israel led by the Russian pack. And Putin will be in the front leading the charge. And the world is afraid to stop him. When will this happen, Lord? Verse 8, chapter 38. After many days, thou shalt be visited. When, Lord? In the latter years, Thou shalt come into the land that is brought back in 948 from the sword. Why in the latter years? We know we're in the latter days because Joel says it in Joel 2.28. In the latter days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Is that right church? Am I in the Pentecostal church? I know I'm in the wrong church. I can tell that right now. You, you, uh, what's wrong you guys? Say amen. amen. You ought to be shouting. Your captain, Jesus Christ, is your Jehoshua. He's going to lead the charge and stop this nonsense that's going on in the world. After many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountain of Israel which has been always waste. What's God saying? It used to be a desert but now the desert and the solitary place shall be glad and blossom like a rose when Jesus Christ is here there is no need to fear for a wonder boy is here hallelujah can somebody help I need somebody I know I'm preaching in the wrong church Jesus I don't know why you stick me here but I should be somebody that can shout and believe this prophetic word that God said the land that was waste it'll be brought back hallelujah God can give it double for, for your trouble God can restore what Satan took from you God can give you back everything you lost if you waste, please God, it will happen. If you serve God with all your heart, He'll bring your enemy to bow at your feet, my friend, and chase them seven ways. They came one way and leave seven ways scattered. Somebody to hear me right now. God says, oh, it was waste. Hallelujah. Was brought forth out of the nations. 
And they shall dwell safely, all of them. Now there's a clue right there. A giveaway right there. They shall dwell safely. Now you know, Israel depends right now on the USA for safety. So that can't be talking about that part. It means, that scripture means somewhere a man is going to rise up and offer Israel a peace that will be for seven years. It's going to be so effective and so convincing that Israel will lessen her military spending on military and become the unwalled city. And then all her neighbors are going to be upset. They're going to be mad. You want to see your adversary get mad, ladies? Buy a brand new mink coat. And I promise you they're going to tell you it's all rabbit skin. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The only way Israel is going to dwell safely is if she signed a seven-year peace treaty with a man of sin. And that is going to mess up the world of Islam. Will they get mad? Absolutely. Just like the day 1948. They figured they were left out of the picture. Israel relaxing, going to bed like Samson. And here's what's going to happen in verse 9. Russia, China, India, and all that Mongol nations are going to come from the north suddenly. And they shall ascend up like a storm. And they shall come like a cloud to cover the land of Palestine. <coughs> God said, they and all the bands and many people. With them. I mean, I can't count the numbers. There are too many of them. That remind me when the AI came against a man called Joshua. And God said, tomorrow you're going to lick their lunch. Don't worry about their number. They trust in chariots and horses, but God can do great things. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. He said, now, and many people with, with Russia coming to fight against Israel who have no idea what's going on. Listen now. Amen. Verse 10. Thus said the Lord God, it shall come to pass in that same time shall things come into your mind and thou shalt think an evil thought. You know what the thought is? This is it. We're going to take over the land of Palestine. We're going to restore the Golden Heights, the West Bank, amen, Jerusalem, come on, the Wailing Wall, the Dome of the Rock. We're going to give it all back to Israel. Come on. I mean, back to the, 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 the other nations of the world. And God said, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Verse 11. And thou shalt say, listen now, I'll go up to the land of unwalled villages. That means they don't have any protection. I'll go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls, and having neither bars nor gates. In other words, a false security got a hold of Israel, that she drop her guard, and begin to go to sleep like Samson, and Delilah going to cut her hair off. His hair off, rather. Verse 12. To take a spoil, here's why they're coming, land grabbing. You know, Russia just while ago grabbed the cramp, cramp the crime man and other places and they get more lands and more lands and there's nothing that America dare do. America is afraid of the fact that it, that Russia has bombs to blow up New York. 
One bomb can wipe out 126 million people in a second. That means all of the United States. Canada wouldn't even count because you're only 26 million. One dirty bomb will be enough to wipe you off. Hello. And so they're afraid. And that emboldened Hitler to take more places. And more places. Now Russia's coming unhindered. He's coming in verse 11 to take a spoil. Amen. To, to, to land grab from Israel that once were banished around the world but now is being repatriated. In verse 12 it says to take a spoil and to take a prey and to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods and dwell in the land with plenty. In other words, the envy of the Arab world. Now if I was an Arab, I'd be envious too. I would be. If I was a Palestinian, I would be too. But that don't make me right. Hello? Sheba. Dedan. This could mean Sheba and Dedan could be these Arab countries that are allied with the West not taking part with Russia. Because don't forget, Russia is working with the Shiites. And America is working with the Sunnis. And that's two different factions of Islamic people that hate each other over ideology and some have allied with America and some has allied with Russia well the ones with Russia are named here you can see it for yourself who is giving Iran the weaponry to make nuclear bomb Russia who's trying to stop it America why is America afraid of it because she knows part of the Mahdi doctrine is that they must release it and bring him in the world. Amen. And they're not afraid to die. You are. You're afraid to die. We're not. When the Iranians were fighting with the Iraqis, the Iranians were going without helmets on their head, running into the bullets of the Iraqis. Bodies were piling up like, like mountain. Amen. The Americans were protecting, amen, the Iraqis and the Russians were supporting, amen, the Iranians and they lost the battle and they backed off. Church, I'm trying to tell you, we're living in that time, but the object of hate is not but Israel. You can't be a Christian and curse Israel. Because we Gentiles were grafted in the body of the fig tree. Let's worship God. Verse 14. Therefore said a man, prophesy, said to God, Thus said the Lord God, In that day when my people Israel dwell safely, shall thou not know it? In other words, you're going to know all about it. What are you going to do about it? Stop it. And thou shalt come from a place out of the north part, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, and a great company and a mighty army. I mean, they're coming in like a flood. But the Bible did say, when the enemy comes in as a flood, then the Spirit of God shall lift up a standard. They come in one way and leave seven ways. 
One shall put a thousand to flight. And two. Why? Because the Lord is on their side. When the Lord is on your side, Goliath can be defeated. Giants can be defeated. Hey, mountains can come low and come like a plain because God is leading in the charge. Pharaoh discovered God is a man of war. Hallelujah. He drowned Pharaoh and his chariots in the Red Sea. And this time is going to be upon the mountain amen, of Israel. Oh, clap to Jesus. Here's the beautiful part now. It says, in verse 16, And thou shalt come up with thy people, Amen, against my people Israel, as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the, it shall be in the, it shall be in the, when is the ten toes going to form? It's in the, when God put the Holy Ghost in the latter days, I'll pour my spirit. That means it's now. Church, it's now. I'm trying to tell you, the whole world don't have peace like we have right here. Amen. And pray for the peace of Canada, that we don't become a war ground. Amen. Thank God we got peace right now, and we can worship Jesus Christ without being dictated to. Thank God for liberty of the Bible. Thank God we can worship God in the house of God, and we can worship the God of our choice. Praise God. Hallelujah. He says, I bring, now I will bring thee against my land, and all the heathen shall know, I like that, when I shall be sanctified in thee, O God, before their eyes. God said, I'm going to build you up like I build up Pharaoh and Nebuchadnezzar, and when you think you are the greatest like Mohammed, I am the greatest. God said, and you're not. And God punched him in the mouth, and now he slurs. Last time I saw Muhammad Ali, he's not singing like a bee anymore. I'm flying like a butterfly. Oh no. He wish he could. He's not the greatest. Hallelujah. I tell you who the greatest is? Jesus Christ. I say who the greatest is? Jesus Christ. God said, I will make a name for myself. In that day, the world will know. That Yahweh is alive, and we're not sure where Allah is. I want to remind you, 850 false prophets, which took one man, when everybody else is bowing and kissing the feet of Baal, he refused to. He said, let's have a showdown. Let's go to Mount Carmel. Let's see which God can answer my fire. You pray and I pray. You call on your God and I call my God. You call your Ramadan and I call my Jesus to God. Come on. You call on your prophet and I call on my prophet. You call on your God and I call on my God. You call on your power and I call on my power. And the one that sent fire, you put your guns up. And you put your fire away and let your God alone answer. God will not depend on the human flesh. The weapons of our warfare is not carnal. It's not bombs and booby traps. But it's mighty through God to the pulling down 
a stronghold of Satan. Do I have a weakness somewhere? I want to tell you somebody that Jesus Christ brought down Pharaoh. He brought down Nebuchadnezzar. He can do it again. Because it's not by might, nor by power. It's by my spirit, says God. Can you imagine? The people are watching. The world is watching right now. Everybody's afraid of ISIS. Everybody's afraid of these terrorists, whoever they are. Everybody's afraid of these religions around the world. And nobody knows where our God is, looks like. Is our God sleeping? Is our God in retirement? Is he a figment of our imagination? Where is God anyhow? Where is he anyhow? God has a plan. Destruction is in the land, yes. But God has a plan. Bigger than man. Elijah said, I'll tell you what. I'll give you a first go. You, 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 you pray all you want to and go all your praying and then call upon your God and tell your God to send fire. But don't you let a match. What would happen if all these religious men put up their swords put up their guns and their bombs they wouldn't win one soul to their religion they wouldn't win one person hello if they put away their evil threats and let their God on his own initiative defend his own name and defend his honor I'm not making this up that is what Gideon's father said when Gideon went in there and tore up uh, Baal worship items and the men rose up to kill him like they do in Pakistan and Indian Africa fighting for their gods supposedly he said just a minute if your God is so powerful let him defend his own honor let your God come down from where he is and do his own defending. You don't do the work for him. My God told Peter, put up thy sword. I don't need it. For he that lived by the sword shall die by it. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. And I see they prayed and they cut themselves up and they lash themselves and we got religion that does that cut themselves up and bleed and blood all of themselves only one blood is in this church Jesus Christ's blood Amen. the efficacy of his blood we don't need no more of the blood beside his hello and they cut themselves and they prayed all day and nothing happened I said nothing happened if these guys were to put their guns down and their sword and their knives, nothing will happen. Because there's no God to answer. And God is not going to be saved by human flesh. What kind of God is that? Hello? But the Bible said, you had to say, baby, your God's on vacation. Give me a chance now. I'm the only one. He set in order the altar. Church, God going to put this world back in order. 
God going to bring back in order, divine order? And let, no, He is the owner of this earth. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. And He began to pray. He says, 64 words. Oh God, let them know that I'm doing this at your command. And thou alone is the true and living God that answer prayers. And he stepped back, church, and the fire fall. Sometime I wish to God, false religion would take an apostolic and bring a crippled man somebody and say, you heal him. You heal him. And if you can't, give me a chance to try. I said, hallelujah. And when he prayed, the fire came down from heaven. And when they said, the Lord, he is. I don't care how messed up Israel is. Their God is not messed up. I don't care how beaten up Israel is. God's not beaten up. His hand is not shortened. That he can't deliver. Amen. He can stand to my fire. When Israel do what's right, they'll win. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, I said, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God said, This time, I'm not going to be quiet anymore. He said in verse 18, <coughs> And so come to pass in that same day, when God said, Come against the land of Israel, said the Lord God, that my fury shall come in my face. Hallelujah. Verse 19. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, It shall come into my face. Huh? Verse 19. For in my jealousy, in the fire of my wrath, have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. Here's all God going to fight that army. He's going to open up the earth and swallow them up. Now you see them. Now you don't. That won't be the earthquake fault. It will be the, the word of the Lord. The one who commands the earth to separate from the waters will do the same thing. When Korah came in sin against God, God just opened up the earth. And they were swallowed up. Once you saw them, then they were gone. Disappeared. Bang. Gone. And guess what, church? I got news for you. It says, So the fish of the sea, and the fowl of heaven, and the beasts of the field, and all the creeping things that creep on the earth, and all the men that are upon the earth shall shake at my presence. You think tsunami was bad? You think Katrina was bad? What do you call it? The mountain shall be thrown down. My friend, please me. Jerusalem is surrounded by mountains. Hello? You ever hear on a, on a, a dirt, not a dirt, but a, a, a wooden floor, you're in the basement and someone upstairs pulling furniture across the floor? That's what's going to sound from heaven. When they hear the shaking going on, I'm going to shock you now. Listen to this. Every mountain shall be thrown down. What a landscape change. When the earth start moving, no nuclear bomb can match that in power and potency. And the steep places shall fall, 
And every wall shall fall to the ground. I said, God, what does that mean? God said, listen now, boy. That great wall of China of the land of Magog is going to fall. You don't believe it? But when you miss the rapture, you'll be here to see it. The mosque in Jerusalem is going to collapse. There's a wall that Israel built to separate her from the Arabs going to collapse. God said, I'm going to collapse the whole thing when I start moving. When Joshua fought against Ahi, it says God slew more from heaven with hailstone than Joshua did with his sword. Listen to me now. Every wall shall fall to the ground. What did it say every wall? Every mean all. Let me explain this to you. If you got your wallet and you got $10 in it and you gave me all of your $10, how much do you have left in your wallet? None. You gave it all. If God says all the walls are going to collapse, all mean what? All. If God says every mountain is going to collapse, what do I mean? All. And God said, when I do it, the whole world is going to hear about it. How can they not hear? Because Mr. Scientist is going to tell you why it happened. Some fault in the Middle East. What's the fault? Uh, how do you explain hail stone coming from heaven? How do you explain fireball like it says there's thunder and lightning and, and, and thunderbolt will hit them down? Not one of the army is going to escape. Not even one. And God told you how many you allowed to survive for the 20th chapter of Revelation. One sixth of the army of Russia will survive. But as far as Ishmael is concerned, you will not hear any more talk about Ishmael religion. That will be the end of it all. At the Red Sea, you never hear about Pharaoh again. Because God drowned them where? All. God pulled them all out of Egypt and pulled them right in the Red Sea. And who are they chasing? Israel. And here's the miracle now. An east wind came and blew in the Red Sea and did not blow away Israel, but blew away the sea. And nobody was airborne. But the water stood vertically up. And Israel walked on dry, desiccated land. Pharaoh chasing them and Moses just stretched his rod of authority and the wall came you know what Idra force is like guy you know what what, what water hammer is I still need to know what water hammer is water hammer is one of the most powerful more powerful than a tsunami it will knock down any building bang God said I'm going to destroy every bit of that army and here's how I'm going to do it I'm going to throw down the steep places all the walls will fall all the mountain and soon now they're going to be confused and you're going to send rain upon them the Bible says and I'll call for a sword against upon those upon my mountain said the Lord every man's sword against his brother I want you to bet your church all of a sudden, the Russian 
and the people you're supposed to be defending are fighting each other. Plus, the, you know, in Jamaica, when we have, uh, we do pudding. You know, do pudding? We put fire on the bottom and fire on the top, and we say hallelujah in the middle. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. What God's going to do, church, he is actually, is what God's doing. He's making a name for himself, and here's some scriptures to look at. I'm going to jump the gun here and give us some scripture right now. God is going to make a name for himself, and it's going to happen in the latter, what? Days, and people are going to be shocked because when they discover who God is. Let's clap to Jesus right now. All right? There are scriptures where God said in chapter 39 that when he does it, people are going to know that he is the what? He is the Lord. Verse 22, go there. And I'll put against him with pestilence and with blood, and I will rain upon him and upon his band, upon many people that are with them, and overflowing rain, great hailstone and fire, and brimstone. Verse 23, Then will I magnify myself. Guess how many bullets Israel fired in that war? Zero. Israel didn't even know they were coming. And God says, Russia, you are not going to step foot on that land. You're not going to even do this much. You won't even get that far. I'm going to take you right on top of the mountain. I'm going to let them bury you for seven months. They're picking up your corpse. When I read the next chapter later on down the road, you're going to read in chapter 39. God called for the ravens. You know why these ravens in Canada are being so fattened? They're fattened for later days, my friend. I mean, God is going to have a sacrifice for them. They're going to drink blood like we drink alcohol. Hello? What are you drunk on, my friend? Russian blood. Vodka. I'm high on vodka. Let's stand. Woo! Hallelujah! I said, hallelujah. I'm not done. But God said, I'll magnify myself and sanctify myself. And I'll be known in the eyes of the nation. And they shall know that I am the... In that day, it's Yahweh going to be the number one, not Allah. Not Krishna. Not Sintu. There must come a day when the nations of the world have to know who the true God is. And the all that's going to be done is not going to be by my might or by human power. God said, I'm going to deliver Israel. Now, folks, I'm not finished. This is the end of part two. Part three is coming up. But let me tell you what's going to happen now, church. What God did, the whole world is going to know the God of Israel saved them. Give me my chart here very quickly, please. I want to show you guys something here about my chart. Amen. And I won't go through them and bore you to death. Israel fought three major wars and won them. 1948, he fought. And Jehovah won the battle. 967, Israel fought. 
Jehovah won the battle. Six seven war. Amen. Seven two seven five war. Thank you. Can I have that please? Thank you. God bless. And look what happened here, folks. If I can show you this here. Even if I can find it. Look at this right here. You're going to see in your lifetime, in my day, the fall of Iraq is already done. Damascus will fall very soon. Damascus is prophesied in the Bible. It has to fall. Rome is going to fall the hill on seven hills. She's going to come down. Revelation 78, and she will. Amen. Russia will fall in Ezekiel 38, 39. The Islamic religion will come down with her. It's a shame, but they will. And the fall of Satan, Revelation 20, going to happen. And, and Ezekiel talk about the fall and the rise of the nation of Israel. Zechariah 14. And the fall, amen, of the world, ten nations of the world, the ECM. In Daniel chapter 2, the ten toe going to fall apart. The fall, amen, of Hitler. Amen. Ezekiel 37, 38. Amen. The fall of China. Amen. Chapter 9 of, of, of Revelation. And chapter, amen, 19. As well as among the Russians. Because they're coming as a coalition to fight against the people of God. Let me tell you, church, vengeance is mine, God says. I will repay. Christians don't carry swords. Christians don't spill blood. But Jesus Christ said, my mouth will be that sword. I'm coming with a two-edged sword. And he's coming a white horse, honey. And he's going to put down kingdoms and, and powers. And he's going to rule on that day. There's going to be a fall of the United Nations. Now, I want to show you something here. Rosh mean Russia. Magog mean from the Great Wall of China right up to amen, the Black Sea. Amen. Magog is what they call the Great Wall of China in history. Alexander made mention to it. The Arabs call it Al-Magog. Amen. It's there. It's coming down. Look at the wars. Amen. Look at Russia. Russia became a mighty army when they got rid of their czars in 1916. Amen. And by 1947, with the formation of the Soviet Union. Soviet is a word that means the people. Amen. Amen. Uh, they call them the proletariat. Amen. And the bourgeois, the rich people. But we see, amen, when, when, when Stalin died, Marx and Karl took over. Amen. And the spread of companies around the world. But today we see Soviet Union. Union collapse. It collapsed and not one shot fired. That should tell you something. God raised up Perestroika and Gorbachev and demote Kusigin and Khrushchev. Amen. And brought in his own men. And that man inspired nobody even assassinated him. It's amazing. Hello. And now God wanted to use Russia again. And Russia's rising back up again. And Mr. Putin is flexing his muscle. He said, I want to go back to the days of great days. And he's going to give all those extremist countries weapon to overthrow the West. And destroy Israel. You know what? Russia is a belief in atheism. Let me shock you. Islam rightly don't believe in a trinity. But now they'll see you believe in the right God either because the right God is Jesus Christ. And they'll confess that he's not God. And they'll tell you that he didn't die on the cross. He escaped. And that's not true. He has died for my sin. That's not true. 
He did not for my sin. Amen. So he died for my sin. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And is also God. You don't believe that? Well, some will say you're an infant or a heretic. Maybe so. But all I know, I know he is a true God. He's coming back. Friend, look at this right here, folks. I want to show you something here. I'm missing it right now. I can't find it. God have this thing all laid out. Copy that map in your world. In your world. Now you see, the world can threaten you and me with, with guns and bayonets. But you know what? Paul says you can lock me up in jail, but you can't lock the Word of God up. It's not bound. And God said, don't fear those who can kill the body, but can't kill the soul and the spirit. But you fear God. Russia is going to make a mistake. Mark my word. She's going to keep on pushing and pushing until the evil thought hit her. Let's overthrow Israel. She will say that. Next time I study, I'm going to be 39 chapter. God give her more specifics. And then Revelation, God going to deal with her one more time. And that will be the end. Let's worship God.